Good evening and welcome to another edition of Reporters Roundtable. We are coming to you from the Voice of America in Washington. I'm Douglas Mpoga. This evening we look at food insecurity in Africa. And with us tonight is my colleague, Vincent Macorin, Managing Editor, English to Africa TV. Good afternoon, uh, Vincent. Uh, good afternoon, and thank you for inviting me. You're very much welcome. Joining us also is regular panelist, Suleiman Mugula. He's joining us from Durban, South Africa. He's an independent political analyst. Uh, how are you, uh, Suleiman? Uh, fine, fine. Good. Uh, Douglas, thank you very much for inviting me. You're very much welcome. As I said, tonight we're looking at food security in Africa. According to a report by the International Committee for Red Cross, nearly 350 million Africans, more than a quarter of the continent's entire population, are facing food, uh, insecure, food security crisis caused by a combination of conflict, climate shocks like drought in East Africa and poor rains in West Africa, a dramatic rise in displacement, lingering COVID impacts, and most recently surging food and fuel prices aggravated by the conflict in Ukraine. Uh, now, uh, gentlemen, um, food insecurity has been uh, attributed to several factors, but it's been uh, almost an annual if, uh, situation in Africa. Vincent, your general take on food insecurity in Africa? Yes, it, it is a very sad reality, but it's never a surprise uh, because it's like a, a usual cycle. Every year in certain parts of the continent and uh, specifically the Horn of Africa, northeastern part of Kenya, northern Kenya, uh, some parts of uh, West Africa, you will experience ex uh, extended drought and uh, as a consequence, of course, food shortages, hunger, and many times uh, really uh, threats of, uh, of famine. Uh, some of this has also been witnessed in the uh, island country of Madagascar. In some situations, going down south uh, to uh, uh, southern Africa, I, I was in uh, Malawi not long ago, and uh, Zimbabwe and Zambia, and the drought there was unbelievable. The rains had failed for so many months, and as a, as a result, of course, there was food shortages, uh, there was electricity uh, shortages because of lack of water in the in, in the areas where they 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 produce hydroelectric power. Now, uh, with this happening uh, very annually, the question that always begs to be asked is, how does the continent prepare itself for that eventuality? Because it happens. And uh, we have always made uh, references to countries that have desert-like uh, situations which experience drought and, of course, uh, uh, in those kind of uh, situations, nations need to find ways to mitigate uh, the harshness of the climate. It's not of our making, but, our, but we can find ways to mitigate. So what has been seen as being a, sometimes a challenge in some of the countries is that there is no uh, mechanism in place to help, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, make this situation less severe, uh, not the drought itself, but especially the survival of the people, namely giving them food, providing them with water, and of course making sure that people don't lose their, uh, their wealth in terms of animals or even don't have their children and sometimes members of, uh, of the community, members of the community dying. 
Uh, Suleiman, your take, the general take on the situation. Hey, Douglas, as Vicente has said, the question of um, the question of food insecurity is a persistent question on the question, and it has been lingering on for a number of years. What we have to understand is that yes, some years are good, some years are not good, but there are so many parts which are chronic, which have got chronic natural disasters which, as Vincent has said, which has, have got droughts, which we know that year one, year in, year out, we shall have a drought. I think the most important issue to look at is, have we been able to respond to this crisis? Do we have the capacity to respond effectively? Because it is so painful for such a continent which is so endowed with good soils, and sometimes uh, good rains, but it cannot feed itself. Or it feeds itself only for subsistence. Because what happens in Africa is that not every country, the whole country is usually affected by drought. You'll find that, for example, if Kenya is, if Kenya is affected by drought, it is not only the north and northeast which is affected, but other areas get rainfall, they can get good crops and they are able to produce. But even when they have produced, you find in that same country, our governments are so incapable, they are so inactive, they fail even to do the food distribution. And you find that people are dying in the same country, but that same country has got areas which are producing food. Like where we are now in, 20, in 2022, You'll find that in most of the on the most of the continent, the the rain which is expected and already which has poured is more than average. So which means many parts, many people will be able to till the land and will be able to produce the land. But at the same time, in this particular, in that particular country, let's say Malawi, Kenya, eh, eh, Somalia, you find some other areas which have got to drought, but we don't have leadership which can be able to manage the situation and ensure that one area which has got food, that food can be passed over to another area. Instead, we wait for the donors, wait for external forces, wait for external NGOs to be able to supply food when we actually sometimes have enough food. I see. Now, the report I cited by the International Committee of the Red Cross points out that two years of conflict in northern Ethiopia's Tigray region has left millions facing famine-like conditions and created a hunger crisis in neighboring regions. Also says the insurgencies in Burkina Faso, Mali, Niger, and Nigeria have also deepened food insecurity in West Africa, which now faces its worst food crisis on record. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll begin with you, Vincent. The, I can appreciate natural causes maybe drought, lack of rain, and all that. But this insecurity is man-made. Well, we have to say that uh, it is actually very unfortunate that in some of these countries, a part of the problem hasn't been just a drought, but the inability of the citizens of those countries to till their land, to cultivate their land, and produce food for themselves. And that is because of insecurity. The entire Sahel region has been a playground for 
the Islamist insurgents, uh, the jihadists in Western Northern African regions. Uh, we have seen the same situation, of course, uh, in uh, Ethiopia during uh, the Tigray and the Ethiopian government conflict in that region, uh, you know, tilling land, uh, uh, continuing with agricultural activities has been impossible because people have had to move away from there and literally become uh, displaced people in their own countries. In fact, talking to people in Somalia recently, they say that has been another reason that uh, sense of insecurity has made a, a people in some places to be unable to engage in normal agricultural activities so they can produce for themselves. So what you would say is that, in fact, there is a need for all across the continent, uh, with, of course, international partners, to focus on how to uh, fight against insecurity, because it does really exacerbate the situation of uh, food shortages that is caused by drought and, you know, uh, that that is and, and climatic changes. So when you compound those now, the weather situation, the climate situation, and and then then the insecurity, you make a problem that is already bad really worse. And uh, one of the repercussions we've seen is that for over many for years now, we've been reporting this together. Uh, we've seen people trying to escape the poverty that has been uh, caused by this extended drought and, 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 and lack of food and hunger, especially in Northern Africa and even some parts of East Africa, to try and go to Europe. And uh, the sad reality is that a great number of people, African young men and women, have died on the Mediterranean. And many of them, they will say, we are escaping extreme poverty and we're trying to go and make a living in Europe which is really sad when we have some of these dying. But when you listen to what some of the people say, those who make it and some who are en route, they'll say, what am I supposed to do? There is no uh, you know, means of production where I live. I don't have any support. I'm going to die. Uh, and so, and others have escaped because of insecurity. So you want to, you know, as, as Africans, of course, I think the conversation has to be very, uh, very deliberate where... Uh, the security of the people is tied in to food security. When you have in, uh, insecurity caused by terrorism or political instability, you undermine food production and you undermine trade. And as a result, you have two forces coming together, uh, extended droughts and, of course, uh, the impact of climate change and that mm -hmm. insecurity driving people out of their land or killing people and the animals right there on their land. So that needs to be a continuing effort and conversation. How do you fight against this insecurity and restore peace? Because when people live in an environment of peace, they can till their land when the environment allows them. But even if drought is a problem, you can then try to solve the problem of those people while they are on their land without them having to worry about being attacked are about, uh, you know, having to be killed right there on their land. I see. Uh, Suleiman, uh, you see, it's, it's like now chicken and an egg. If you have insecurity, yeah. most likely you have, you'll have food insecurity as well and famine and starvation and all the kind of thing and then migration. It's, it seems to be uh, some sort of a tricky situation. Very tricky. 
and the reality that where there is conflict, you cannot have food because people are on the run. And that is what has, has been happening on the continent. The way my brother said, apart from the West Africa, even us in Eastern Southern Africa, Mozambique has been in conflict. So many people in Mozambique have been dis, dis, displaced. Remember, the majority of our population in Africa are subsistence farmers. So you'll find, you find, as far as Mozambique is concerned, the estimated numbers are over 100,000. Uh, you are coming almost 150,000 who are displaced, who are on the move. Those people left their land, which means they are, they, they are starving. They have to be helped in. Apart from that, when you come to East Africa, uh, uh, Southern Sudan, Southern Sudan has got a very wonderful soil, it has got a fair climate, sometimes they get very good lanes. They are able to feed themselves and even feed another two countries. But because they are on the run, you find all of them have, have poured in Uganda. There is pressure now in Uganda. Then you, you find also in Eastern DRC also conflicts. There is intermittent uh, rebel activities in the in the in the east and northeast of DRC, all those ones are in and out of Uganda. So you find now the people who are moving already they are threatened. Then in the places where they go, there is pressure on land, there is pressure on the environment, there is pressure on the on the on the food because they have to be fed. So it is a multiple problem, as you have said, it is a chicken and egg problem. So without stability, you cannot have food security because conflict displaces people, conflict move from the farm agriculture activities. Unfortunately, the problem is that in Africa, we don't have governance. So long as there is no governance, these conflicts will continue. I see. If you're just joining us, you are listening to Reporters Roundtable. We are coming to you from the Voice of America in Washington. Tonight we are discussing the issue of food insecurity in Africa. Our panelists are Vincent Makori, my colleague, uh, uh, managing editor TV English to Africa, and Suleiman Mugula, an independent political analyst, and I'm your host, Douglas Simpuga. Um, Vincent, uh, Suleiman there at, his, at the tail end mentioned the issue of governance. What, what if Africa is, at least sub-Saharan Africa, should be able to feed the rest of the continent because if, if, if there's stability and good governance, the issue is not that they can't feed themselves. They have had conferences, talked about agriculture development and food sustainability. Nothing seems to take hold. How, how much blame goes to the leadership on the continent? Yeah. I, I think it's, uh, people have to talk openly about uh, uh, you know, management of resources. And uh, then with that, to tie in infrastructure and deliberate uh, planning. Uh, you know, I'm not going to hold brief for anybody, and I'm not, I don't want to try to bash, uh, you know, every country's governance and every country's administration. But we have to agree that uh, as a continent, we have a vast area that is, of course, uh, affected by, you know, drought and, of course, some bigger chunk of the continent that is a desert or semi-desert. But the reality also is, as, uh, as Suleiman just mentioned, there are parts of the continent that are lush, green, are extremely productive. Within countries, and very, very uh, 
uh, you know, like a uh, real example, a, a real, like clear example is Kenya. Kenyans north and northeastern part is can be affected by extreme droughts and people suffer uh, losing their animals and having no food. But you just need to travel to the central, southern and uh, southern and western part of Kenya, and you find all this unbelievable production of food. There was a time and some years back when Kenyans were actually really crying out and saying, why don't we take food from Kitale? This is a part of Western Western Kenya. Why don't we get food from, uh, you know, places like Kisi, where there's so much production of food, and take it to our, our brothers in Northeastern province? Now, I can take it across the border. Uh, a person in Northeastern Kenya or in Somalia shouldn't be starving if we have so much food in, in Uganda. If you have so much food uh, in DRC, countries that are evergreen and so productive. So first, if we could have uh, this unity becoming a reality where African leaders actually could literally sit down and see how to uh, manage the resources together and help each other to resolve internal problems and regional problems and, 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 and you know, inter-country problems, there is no reason why things can't be moved around regions. You know, there's Tanzania here, you know, look at how much food there is within the borders of Tanzania. How can you move some of that food and, 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 and help, you know, the people who are lacking food in Somalia or northeastern uh, part of Kenya or, or, or for that matter, Ethiopia? How can you pull the resources from Uganda and, 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 uh, and of course, uh, Congo and, and uh, South Africa and, and perhaps drive some of that into Mozambique and Malawi if they have been affected so seriously by, by, by extended drought and all that. So it really, it's a question of being deliberate about how these things need to be managed. If we look at the resources of Africa as common resources and then think about how to create an infrastructure where brothers are helping each other, there should never be a reason why their empathy should be shown by somebody... <laughs> All the way in Iowa or the you know the the, the uh, Midwest part of the United States to transport grain all the way to Somalia or to Kenya mm. uh, when there is a similar mm. food in the you just across the border in another country in Africa. Suleiman, how far in the priorities do African leaders put on making sure that people are fed? Doubtless. The most unfortunate aspect about Africa is the fact that as far as African leadership is concerned, we have got the animal farm project on Africa. Most of the African, most of the African leaders at the moment, they are only operating like animal farm, where you have got the pigs and life is about the, uh, the the whole project is about about the good life of the pigs. It is about snowball and Napoleon. The conflict within the politician uh, dominate the governance of the country. They they don't know anything about caring about the lives of the ordinary man. Otherwise, if there was leadership on the continent you will find that 
so many countries like DRC, like Sudan, like Mozambique, like Angola, very fertile soils, as Vicente has said, Western Kenya, Uganda, we would have had enough food even to feed the Sahel. But today, as we talk, food prices have increased all over on the continent because of the conflict in Ukraine and Russia. Why should African countries suffer because of because Ukraine and Russia cannot supply grain to Africa? Can't we be able to buy can we be able to grow grain? Yes, we can grow grain. But can't our government be able to ensure that we don't only grow grains for for subsistence, but we can also build silos. We can build reserves. Africa should have been even with reserves for about six or two years because we are so many countries. As Vicente has said, if we could be able to cooperate and then gather resources, maybe if we would take loans to improve on agriculture. They don't. If you look at our budgets, are our budgets improving agriculture? No, our budgets are in defense. When you look at our relations with the international community, what does it emphasize? It emphasizes assistance in, in military, military equipment, in police equipment. Very few bother about agriculture. That is why the continent has stayed perpetually in food insecurity. Otherwise, if we ourselves, our agenda was to grow agriculture, to feed our people, and then have reserves, and then have some to be sold off, we would not be where we are. We have the potential to feed ourselves. We don't need food from Ukraine and Russia if we, are, if we had leadership on this continent. Uh, Vincent, um the, the 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 idea of food storage, like yeah. Africa before yeah. even the, the colonial times, Africans knew how to store food for time for hard times. What it, happened? It, what changed? It's like you were reading my mind. Mm-hmm. We all had granaries yes. traditionally. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that. We're all familiar with that. You go down to the village. There was a house, and there was a granary outside. Mm-hmm. We dried our foods. We stored them. Why are we doing this? Because we know that there's a time of uh, planting, there's a time of harvest, and there is a time where we will not have any food growing. We will be feeding on the food that we had uh, dried and, 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 and put in our granaries, where in usually grains, whether it was millet, sorghum, uh, or, or, or it was maize. Uh, traditionally, in my village, it was mostly millet and sorghum. And, and even if it was cassava, we had a way of drying these things and still keep them. Now, what we need across the continent are Josephs. If you remember the story of the Bible, most people mm. are familiar with it. Uh, the, Joseph had a vision and uh, when the, the, in Egypt. He had been you know, a slave in Egypt. And when he was in prison, he had this vision about seven years of plenty and seven years of drought. And the pharaoh of Egypt uh, commissioned him and taxed him, tasked him with uh, making sure they preserve, they build granaries, they build stores where all the food that will be produced in the seven years of plentiful uh, you know, production will be stored in order to, to feed the Egyptians for the seven years when there will be extreme drought. We need to anticipate this thing. We need to think 
like that Joseph of the Bible. Drought is going to come. But then we need to think about this uh, regionally and continentally so that we can feed our brothers who do not have that level of production. This is not a surprise. The people who live in uh, parts of Ethiopia, parts of Somalia, parts of northeastern Kenya, we know that their areas are already semi-arid and that they, when the drought will come, then it's going to be extremely dry for them and they won't have food for several months. We need to anticipate that, have a mechanism of storing this food across the regions, uh, that is, if there's a good and healthy conversation going on among the leaders, so that when the situation happens like we've seen today, yes, we may not solve everybody's problem adequately, but Africa can stand up and do the most, it, the, the best it can in where we have a shortfall, then we can get some external help. But we can't wait for these things to happen and then say, oops, we need help from elsewhere. We need help from the Western nations. No. Uh, uh, Vincent, what you, uh, as Vincent says there, Rachel says, what happened to the idea of granaries? Why can't governments, there used to be uh, produce marketing boards across the continent where the government would buy excess surplus food, store it, and then sell it at cheaper prices to people in time of need? Definitely. It is unforgivable that the continent should hold begging, ba- begging bowels to the international community begging for food. When we have got such nice climate, when we have got such nice soils, when we have got such hardworking people, sometimes, as we have said, God is, God is so kind to us, the rains come and come and come. 2022, the first, uh, the, uh, the, the rains have poured effectively. You've got m- more than average uh, uh, rainfall. If the governments were organized, people would have produced enough and then they store it, they, 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 then they would be able to serve areas. I mean, if you are going to become a, a leader in Kenya, what are you going to govern when you don't have a solution for northern Kenya and Somaliland? What are you going to do? If you are in Mozambique, if you are in southern Sudan, how, what are you going to govern if you cannot settle the conflicts and then have people sit on the land and kill it? And then after that, why can't you uh, establish, why can't you uh, build granaries so that you have got stock, as you have said, Vincent, uh, 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 as you have said, you have got granaries and you have got reserves. Apart from reserves, you are able to sell, to become richer. That is why we are poor, because over 80% of our population are on the land, but they only grow for subsistence. And the governments have allowed them to grow for subsistence. Why do they grow for subsistence? Because the budgets have not increased. The people in leadership are not thinking about people. They are thinking about feeding themselves. That is why I'm saying Africa is now an animal farm where people are only caring about themselves. The pigs are on the table all the years. Since independence, we are on the table. The pigs are trying to share for themselves. They have to eat the best apples. They have to take the milk and everything. So what's, the, what, when, so, so what's the solution, Suleiman, briefly? Very briefly, what's the, the solution? The solution is the international community has to cease emphasizing security but focus on pressurizing African government. The aid which they give them should be pumped on to, towards feeding people, towards sustaining people, not securing people or 
or, or, or brutalizing people. I see. By that way, then the situation can be able to change to to focus on agriculture. Uh, and Vincent, what do you think should be the solution, briefly? Uh, it, there has to be uh, proper planning and then anticipation of these things. These events take place, the drought comes, sometimes it's longer than other times. But when it comes to the issues of insecurity, there's need to really work on resolving this uh, issue so that uh, uh, the peace can be restored. When people live in an environment of peace, they're likely to take care of them, their basic needs, and then with the help of government, they can actually uh, prosper if they can also get uh, the means to uh, you know, expand their agricultural engagement. Well, I see less, uh, something needs to happen because... Uh the, the, the statistics are worrying because almost a quarter of the continent is facing hunger. So that can't be a good sign. Uh, but let's hope that maybe measures will be put in place yeah. to help the situation. Yeah. And, and, and very quickly, actually, a report that came out uh, this week from the World Bank is saying that uh, uh, civil unrest could be sparked across yeah. the Sahara because of this extreme uh, inflation across the continent. So it's a security issue. So yeah, it's one, one thing leads to another. Yeah, well, unfortunately, we're out of time. Uh, that wraps up this edition of Reporters Roundtable. Thanks to my colleague, Vincent Makori, managing editor TV English to Africa, and Suleiman Mugula, an independent political analyst based in Dublin, South Africa. Gentlemen, as usual, thanks very much for being on the show. The pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And uh, we'll be back again next week with another edition of Reporters Roundtable. A reminder that you can hear Roundtable on the internet. All you have to do is go to our main website at vionews.com, click on programs, and scroll down to Reporters Roundtable. Once again, thanks so much for tuning in. And until next week, I'm your host, Douglas Simkuga.